Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements of in and around the Swim Strong community. All right, we're here with Matt Elliott. So excited to get to share his story with you guys. Some incredible stuff coming for you. But before we jump into that, we got to do our rapid fire questions. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, who's your favorite sports team? Has to be the Vikings. My dad, I've grown up watching the Vikings. So, are you from Minnesota? No, no. Just born and raised in California. For some reason, I think it's purple. My dad loves purple. So, <laughs> got it. it awesome. The skull. How about your walkout song? Uh, it has to be Batman by LPB Pootie. It's a really good one. I'm going to have to check that out. Name of your stuffed animal growing up. Uh, his name was Blue Bear, and it was this big blue bear that had Santa <laughs> Cruz written on its chest. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, how about the best Halloween costume you've ever worn? Uh, I was Young Gravy two years ago, I believe. That was the best one ever. Had Solid. this leopard print jacket. It was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So if you had to survive on a deserted island <clears throat> with just two people from the past elite camp that you were at, which two people would you choose that would give you the best chance to live? Katie Lawrence. Um, she could probably kill any animal and get us food. Uh, and then Oliver Santana, very smart, make fires, shelter, everything. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty awesome crew right there that you'd have. How about a hidden talent you have that people don't know about? Uh, probably cooking, taking up cooking. It's, it's a lot of fun. Do you have a, a favorite? Do you have a favorite uh, favorite type of food you like to cook? I just got a recipe for Dutch oven pancakes. Um, I've had them before and they were really, really good. I'm going to make them this weekend. Probably. That's awesome. So, and last question, what's your favorite part about swim strong dry land has to be the mentality. I mean, I've never had a group to train with that was so excited. Um, I'm hoping that college is going to be exactly like that. Cause if I could live four years with a group of people like swim strong dry land, that would be amazing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm very thankful for you taking the time to be on here. Uh, Cal is very lucky to have you starting with their program next year. I'm really excited for you to get to experience that. Um, and uh, But there's a lot to your story that, that I really want people to know. Um, some crazy <clears throat> adversity you've had to overcome, um, the mindset that you have. And just so many different, so many different facets that I'm excited for people to to hear about. Um, but first, can you just share a little bit about how you got into the sport? How long you've been swimming? Why you why you started in the first place? Yeah, I mean, so my parents they actually argued right when I was born about what sport I would do. <laughs> um, my mom grew up playing softball. My dad did shot put and discus, and so my dad wanted me on the track doing shot put and discus. My mom wanted me on a baseball field. They couldn't agree, so they threw me in a pool when I was like, I think I was 11 months old, 12 months old. I started mommy and me classes, and I haven't done a single sport since. I mean, wow. I just I fell in love with it. Um, I don't think it's very conventional. I think a lot of kids should and do a lot of other sports growing up. Um, but I I found where I was meant to be and been swimming since. 
Hey man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. When you find something you love and you're passionate about it and you get to do it, you know, just about every day, it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so tell us about, um, how you ended up choosing Cal, uh, that process, obviously you're a extremely high level swimmer, um, going to the best program in the country right now, defending national championships. Uh, one of the most storied programs in the NCAA. How did that come about for you? Yeah. Um, I want to say I took swimming as just a fun hobby until I was seven or eight. And that's when I was like, Oh, I could be good at this. And I like winning. Um, <laughs> and so my dad ended up taking me to a swim meet, uh, at Berkeley. Um, I still have the poster. It's signed by the entirety of the women's team. Um, Missy Franklin, I believe. Yeah. Um, have a signature from that. And, it was pretty much from that day I decided that I want to go to Cal and I've never changed my mind. Um, not even knowing anything about how good the men's team was or anything like that. I had always said that I was going to Cal from when I was about eight years old. That's so wild, man. So, I, I do feel like a lot of people have, um, you know, nobody thinks that, Hey, what you want to do when you're seven or eight years old is what you're going to end up doing. And there's no way you're just going to do this one sport from when you're young to it. It just shows that like everybody's paths are different, man. Some people yeah. maybe play four different sports when they're younger and uh, some people just swim and they know when they're seven or eight years old and what their passion is and where they want to go. And I, both of them are pretty incredible. So um, well, as you grew, like as you grew in the sport and you started realizing how talented you were, um, did that just fuel your desire to go to Cal? Like what was the, what was the process like for you when it came time to actually make a decision? Well, I mean, I honestly didn't think about it much until my sophomore year of high school mm -hmm. um, was when like I was about to start recruiting and I learned pretty much how good Cal was. I, I've never watched college swim, never watched the Olympics. I always just enjoyed the sport. I enjoyed going to meets and winning and doing the best that I could. Um, and it was a couple months before recruiting started for me. My dad was like, hey, you're in a good spot to go to Cal. And I was like, okay, what's the process for that? And he's like, well, you need to get faster. They are defending NC2A championships. And then <laughs> I got to learn about what NC2A was and kind of the whole process with recruiting. Um, and that's kind of when I started stepping on it to really push my limits. Um, and that season has by far been my best. Um, I think I got a little bit more into training. We were talking a little bit before about um, that scale of talent, uh, effort, and then mentality, I think it mm -hmm. was. Attitude, uh, effort, and talent, yeah. Attitude, right. And I would say I'm about an eight or nine on the talent. I think that I made it to juniors mainly based on my talent. Um, I had a decent attitude. I mean, I enjoyed swim. It was fun. It wasn't like I... Uh, resented it um, but the effort I slacked off at practice for sure getting out to go to the bathroom during main sets um, getting tired and telling my coach that I was cramping <laughs> all, all the stuff that a kid the kids that I coach these days all the stuff that they do I was doing um, and you're like I know all the tricks when you're coming yeah, to see your coach no, I, I, do, I have I have some certain swimmers who get out with a cramp every single day. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't have a lot of muscle in their bones. So I, I don't 
<laughs> I don't think they're going to be cramping quite that much. That's um, but that's kind of that season, my sophomore year, when I went my 19-8 in the 50 free, got down to a 48-0 in the 100 fly, and uh, I think it was a 44 in the 100 freestyle, mm-hmm. um, which then led to me getting recruited by Cal. Um, yeah. That was when I really started to step it up, um, when I found out how hard Cal was to get into, I guess. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that was kind of my process of getting recruited to Cal and learning about the college swim. Yeah. Man, I appreciate the just uh, transparency around what it looked like, what your journey looked like, and that everything was imperfect and that you weren't always given the best effort um, and you recognized that you had talent, but then that there was a whole nother level to be unlocked if you were to find like a new level of effort. And I think a lot of people are in that boat, especially people who are talented. I think there's a lot of talented people out there who they can get to juniors and then kind of become content and you start to um, um, really just take that for granted. But then as you go to higher and higher levels, you realize, wait a minute, a lot of people now at these higher levels have this talent. What's going to separate me from everybody else? It's going to be that attitude and effort that you were talking about before. And I, I know you've had a pretty major mindset shift, but you've also had some major life shifts too with different things that have happened. Um, one of them being, um, an, an accident, um, that, that you've had to go through now, just, we were talking just over a year ago only, which it seems like it was a lot yeah. longer, but can you, would you mind sharing like a little bit of what happened? Yeah. So I was on my way to morning practice. It was about six thirty in the morning. And, uh, I was, uh, this car had pulled out right in front of me as I was driving down a country road. Um, I was like in traffic. There was one car a couple of feet in front of me and this lady just didn't look both ways, pulled out in front of me. Um, it ended up causing my Jeep to go into a roll. Um, and then I ended up getting ejected through the soft top of the Jeep and landed in front of the car. Jeez. Um, I, at the time, I didn't realize how bad it was because I was conscious. Um, I pretty much stood up and the car in front of me had turned around. I waved him down, talked to him, told him like my mom's number um, and he sat me down. Um, and then I just, it was, I remember looking to my side and seeing my car. And at first I didn't think much was wrong with it. I just thought that the front fender had kind of folded in a little bit. Um, later found out that it had gone through a full roll and it was done for. Um, but I had ended up breaking my lower eye sockets, my nose, both cheekbones and my top jaw. Um, and then I was, a trach was placed in my neck. Um, after they did the surgery, um, they had to wire my jaw shut. Um, and I had splints in my nose. And so there were concerns about me being able to breathe, um, which is why they did the trach. Uh, and then that process, I had all of that in for about three weeks. It was a week in the hospital and then two weeks at home before going for an in out surgery where they, um, removed the trach, the stuff in my mouth, holding my jaw together and then no splints. Wow. Um, so that was that. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's absolutely <clears throat> wild. And man, I remember hearing about that from your coach and just, 
just being absolutely devastated and just hoping that you would be alive. Like I just terrified for you and, um, just like, honestly, so thankful that you're, <laughs> you're on the other side of this call right now, mm -hmm. even thinking about it, I'm getting, um, uh, emotional cause it's crazy. Like it's crazy thinking about, you know, that, and we're so blessed that, um, that you came out on the other side and, but not just that, like the, the things that you've done since then, I think are wicked inspiring. And, um, so I want to get into that too, but tell me a little bit about how you, you know, a lot of people go through injuries. Not a lot of people go through traumatic experiences where it's like life and death. Um, and like, it could all be taken from you in an instant. Um, what, what was going through your mind after you, like those, after the surgeries, after you realize, okay, I'm, I'm here, I'm alive. Like, were you worried that, Hey, swim, I may never get to swim again. Were you just thinking about like surviving? Were you just thinking about like, what, what, what was going through your mind in that moment? Um, if you can recall any of it, like post surgeries as yeah. you're like, um, you know, yeah, I definitely can touch on that, but I did want to say, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to verbally say thank you to like the swim community and you guys, uh, swim strong Dryland, and what everyone did after the accident with the GoFundMe, I wouldn't be able to be here training and all of that. Um, and then kind of the motivation that gave me to get back into the pool. And that touches into how I felt post uh, operation. Um, I mean, if you ask my friends who were there, I definitely was trying to take the bright side mm -hmm. uh, or I guess not the bright side. I was trying to be as happy as I could be in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, all my friends would say that I was cracking jokes. Uh, well, I couldn't talk, but I was writing down <laughs> jokes. Um, and just trying to kind of have a good time with with friends. Um, and I remember the my first two friends that came, um, they were crying. One of my teammates tonight, Winter, I think you've met her. Um, she was next to me in the ICU um, and she started crying. And uh, in that moment, all I was like writing on the whiteboard was like, it's okay, I'm fine, it's okay. And then trying to make jokes. Um, sorry, I missed practice. Uh, <laughs> making jokes about like, it's okay. I wouldn't have been in your lane anyway because she's a distance <laughs> swimmer. I'm a sprinter. <laughs> so jokes about me not really... I mean, it's an ongoing joke with my old team that I would slack off in practice or that I wasn't doing as much work because I'm a sprinter just doing uh -huh. 25s or 50s at a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely was just trying to take the bright side of things. Um, yeah. And then uh, with the GoFundMe starting and all of that, uh, I was more motivated to get back in the pool than ever. Uh, a big goal of mine was I wanted to make it to juniors, which was mm -hmm. supposed to be about a month and two weeks after the accident, um, which sadly didn't end up happening. But yeah, that was kind of the mentality like, after. I mean, that's a crazy mentality, even like, yeah, I remember I heard that from you and your coach at first and I was like, wait, like juniors, like just next <laughs> month. Um, I was like, let's just like, Let's just like breathe on our own first and take like baby steps. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. I just, it's crazy. So I'm, and first of all, by the way, it's total privilege to get to be a part of your journey and, and the least that we could do and the, any of the efforts you inspire us significantly more than we've inspired you. But I'm, I'm super thankful to be a part of that in some small way, but you, um, 
definitely rallied the swim community around you, um, with your story and, um, and then with your mindset, but that, that mindset, um, you know, that you just described even being in the hospital and trying to stay lighthearted and cheer other people up when you're the one on the hospital bed, you know, with your jaw wired shut and a trach. Um, how, how did you have that mindset? Where does that come from? Is that something that you've always had? Is that something that like it has been instilled in you over time mm -hmm. that prepared you for that moment? Like, how did you have that mindset in that moment? Yeah. I mean, I think I was always kind of the class clown with swim practice, always cracking jokes, trying to make people laugh, always trying to make coach laugh. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I never thought my situation was bad enough to warrant other people worrying about me. Um, I mean, I, I grew up, got through school well, had a good family to support me through everything that I did. Um, and I definitely know people have it significantly worse. Um, and so I, I never have experienced people, I guess, um, worried for me. And so it, it was off-putting, but I also, I didn't feel like I needed it. I mean, I had support from people and they didn't need to worry about me because I was going to be okay. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it might, might've taken time, but I was still there. I'm still me. I'm not, this isn't a big, huge change and I didn't want it to be a big, huge change. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think people go through something really challenging or traumatic um, in their life. And then, you know, this is certainly something. So this is a, an event in your life that you've learned a lot from. And we'll talk about that next um, <clears throat> and coming back from that. Um, but also, you know, no one you're not at all, like you said, defined by it. It's not like, oh, I'm still me. I'm still the same person like you will. Um, learn different things from it but um but um can you talk a little bit about that just the challenges of okay how do i move on from this obviously it's going to be a part of my story but it's not me yeah um i mean moving on from that i think that the next eight months i, I would from the accident to then i would say the elite camp is another shift in in who i am um but I spent a lot of time with friends, uh, going to the gym with, um, you've met him, Noah, become one of my best friends. We started hanging out every single day, doing some strong dryland exercises at the gym, uh, was going out to stuff for my school, which I had never been one to uh, do events, I guess, but uh, kind of tried to live my life a little bit more to the fullest. Um, and while that was nice, I do also regret I may have stepped away from swimming a little bit more than I wanted to. Um, but definitely trying to, to get comfortable with my new situation. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are certain insecurities with like, uh, I feel like my face has shifted in the look or the scar. Um, but trying to get over that and past that was a big part of those eight months. And um, I guess resetting and uh, trying to fall back into a norm. Um, yeah. So I do know school was tough too over the, that last couple of months. But yeah. No, that's real. I appreciate you sharing all those things. Yeah. It's just real, um, honest answers that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to who have been through 
um, really challenging life altering experiences. Um, and I think it'd be super hard to go through too. Cause there's not, a, there's not very many people, you know, in your immediate circle that have been through something, you know, mm -hmm. exactly like that. So, um, I think people probably, and maybe still, maybe to this day, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe people when they're like, do you, do you just have, you mentioned like, I, I'm trying to live my life fuller and, you know, I'm sure there's a more mm -hmm. of appreciation, but do you feel like people maybe ever, um, maybe ever, um, ask questions that are like a bit frustrating? Like, so are you, do you have like a whole new perspective on life? Is everything different now? Like, are you just like enjoying every single moment to the full? Like, do you get questions like mm -hmm. that? Does that bother you or you're okay with that? You're used to that? Like, what's that like? Uh, honestly, I haven't had too many questions like that and i mean they wouldn't bother me um i don't i mean even before i i enjoyed life um but i think now i kind of um it, it, it's more precious i guess mm. uh and i am thankful for um what is happening still being here uh but i mean there are the the questions of uh what would it be like if my thoughts have changed religious thoughts have changed and stuff like that and that stuff is kind of i don't know um annoying i guess to an extent like I i'm not going to change that much mm -hmm. um over something like this but i big thing was trying to not make it a big deal in my life that has yeah. been a, a big focus for me yeah yeah you seem definitely like the type of guy who's focused on others you don't want people to worry about you but you do have people in your corner who um are there with you but you um which i very much respect are always like hey i want the focus to be on other people and you're the always trying to make other people laugh even what you said and like being even in like challenging moments and i have a ton of respect for that um and that can be hard too when you're that type of person and people are caring for you and, and loving you. you're like oh man i don't know how i feel about this it's kind of uncomfortable getting this attention but um but uh, it is nice to know you have people surrounding mm -hmm. you for sure but um but you mentioned so coming away from that <laughs> over the next eight months to a year and then um going to the elite camp you've mentioned that a couple times to me um in terms of a mindset shift so definitely there's things that you've learned from the accident and then um things that you learned from that you mentioned before when it was like recruiting time and oh this is what it takes to go to cal and then you've mentioned the elite camp as another kind of um mindset shaping life shaping moment in your swim career what um specifically happened there that you felt like was impactful yeah definitely um and so that was right around the time that i moved here to train with dave salo um but the biggest moment from the elite camp was the speech that you gave right before the swim meet, which by far is probably one of the best swim meets I've had since the accident. I think I, fun. I think I was at 20 mid, I want to say in the 50 free and then got back down to my all time best of the hundred fly at a, uh, 48 mid as well. Um, awesome. <laughs> but your speech about what it takes to be an Olympian on a scale of zero to 30. Um, and there are three attributes that affect this scale or the, your score. Um, and you score your talent, your attitude and your effort on a one to 10. And I would say most of my life leading up to that moment, 
I was an eight or nine on that talent. It carried me through my swim career all the way to juniors, um, a flying million at juniors. And my attitude and effort, I put them at around a five. I think attitude is hard one to gauge because I was definitely a cockier swimmer um, before the accident and during the time of probably my best season, which is my sophomore year. Um, I had all the confidence in the world walking mm-hmm. up to the pool deck. Um, and that's shifted where now I've by far the best attitude I've ever had between an eight to a 10, depending on the day, showing up to practice with both my attitude and effort. And then that talent is still there at an eight or nine. And so I think I'm, I'm training better than I ever have. Um, but then I show up to a swim meet. We talked about this a little bit and that attitude definitely drops and I don't have the same confidence that I used to have. Um, and I don't want to fully attribute that to the accident. I think there's some stuff after that too, that'll affect it. Um, but that's definitely a point where it shifted, where I wasn't as confident hopping up on the blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the big shift from the elite camp. Yeah. Well, um, I love that, um, that that speech was impactful and um, that, that you took things to heart and um, that you're in a spot where you're like loving the sport and giving great effort and having great attitude. And uh, you're certainly extremely talented. And I know that for you, it's only a matter of time before you have a breakout meet um, and, and do what you're capable of doing. But what you just described is actually extremely, extremely common um, for people just returning from injury in general, let alone like kind of like a traumatic accident. Um, the mentality, it's hard, um, mentally. And that's where the mental skills training side of the sport, um, plays such a big role, whether, you know, you're someone who struggles with anxiety or pressure or, um, events of the past or wondering, you know, if you'll be what you were before, or, um, you know, everybody has a different, everybody has a different struggle, but mental skills, like at the highest level, I do feel like what ends up separating people, um, is the attention to detail and, and mindset. Um, because everybody typically works really hard at the highest levels and everybody has a good amount of talent. Um, but that training, that mindset, it's not just something you have, or you don't sound, you had it more naturally. It sounds like before the accident and, uh, which is totally understandable. You know, you come back, your body's been changed in a, um, in a significant way, um, from, from an accident like that. And so it's normal for doubts and, fears and things to to be in your head and to be like can i be you know what i used to be and um or go beyond that um and um so do you have any um and it's a process right it's not something that just happens overnight but i have no doubt you're gonna figure it out and um we were just talking a little bit you and i about what that looks like to develop those mental skills and to um practice reframing and to practice um, growing, you know, things that will grow your confidence back. And, um, but do you have any advice that you would give someone who's been through something similar, even just an injury and is doubting, like, can I be the same? What are some things that you remind yourself of, or that you're fighting for right now that, you know, Hey, eventually this is going to pay off. Um, but I got to fight for it. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, I watched 
this talk about swimming and on a performance scale, swimming's not linear. There's ups and downs throughout your career. Um, and that's kind of, I'm, I'm on a down right now. I would say I, I still am, but I'm not going to give up. I love the sport. Um, I have four more years of college and hopefully we'll have more after that. I mean, it, I don't think swimming will ever not be a part of my life. Um, I'm as in love with it as I was when I was 12. Um, awesome. And so that's a big, that, that's a big picture for me to look at it on the big picture. It's, this isn't the end. There's still so much more time. I'm still young. Um, that, that was a big thing for me and understanding that the up will come. There's no reason to give up. Uh, another thing for me was a video that I watched of you recently talking about collegiate swimmers and how it's not just magic. They don't just show up to college and magically they're all better. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. that you're surrounded by the type of people who want to improve and mm -hmm. that have goals aligned with yours. Um, yeah. And that's a big part of the group that I'm in right now. That's we awesome. have multiple guys who have gone to Worlds, uh, have Olympic trials, are contending to try and make the team. Um, yeah. And the mentality and the effort that they bring into every practice encourages me to, to follow and awesome. um, try and be like them. A lot of them are older. I'm the youngest by about four years, um, <laughs> but they're, they're inspiring, not only with awesome. swim, but also me becoming the person that I'm becoming. Um, Jesse Novak, uh, he's by far influenced me swimming and out of the pool. He's a great person. Um, and I definitely aspire to be like him. That's cool. So th those are big things for me to think about. And yeah. Stick with it. Both of those are such great pieces of advice in terms of keeping a big picture mindset because oftentimes people who succeed in the sport are the people who just don't quit like the people who just don't give up um and quitting doesn't mean people who don't quit the sport sometimes people quit and they they're still doing the sport for years they they've given up though in terms of like their work ethic their habits their mindset they're like yeah i'm never but I'm not going to let go of swimming just in case something magical happens, you know, like, let me just keep swimming and going through the motions just in case I break through, but they gave up long ago. Right. Like, so, but the people who just don't give up and those are the people who do the craziest things, not just in the pool, but out of the pool. Cause you just keep getting back up You just keep moving forward. And so I think that big picture mindset is huge. Cause it's like, man, it doesn't matter what life hits me with. I'm going to keep getting back up and I'm going to keep moving forward and we're going to see what happens. But if I don't get back up, I know what's going to happen. I know what will happen if I don't get back up. I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah, we, go ahead. Sorry, we have uh, this one swimmer who comes and trains with us every once in a while. She swam in, I believe, the 2008-2012 Olympics. Her name is Gabby. Um, I want to say she meddled, but I'm not totally sure. Um but she just requalified three months ago for Olympic trials and her 200 breaststroke going a personal best time. Dang. <laughs> and I think she's a great example of someone who maybe she thought her time was over after she went to the Olympics, um, but she didn't stop swimming. And I think she realized her capabilities and wasn't willing to give up quite yet. Um, so she's definitely a huge inspiration to me at the moment. 
uh, that's cool to not give up and keep going that's really cool and then your other piece of advice is centered around surround yourself with phenomenal people people who inspire you you mentioned jesse you mentioned gabby gabby is that what you said her name was um and um and the team you get to train with and being coached by dave and just having a team around you and a support system around you that wants to be phenomenal like that's that's inspiring and that's going to help you take things to levels that you didn't know you could do you know because no one can do it on Mm -hmm. their own so if people just took those two things that you said and you know ourselves included myself and you taking those those same piece of advice for ourselves that will help us um but keeping a big picture and surrounding yourself with great people um that's man that's huge like that's people who do that they're gonna see crazy things happen and um so i appreciate you sharing those thoughts and just your just real transparent mindset um around how tough it is to come back from different things and the things you had to fight uh and struggle with and deal with but um seeing and hearing your mindset and your determination like there's no doubt in my mind that matt elliott's gonna do something crazy um there's just there's just no doubt in my mind um because that's your mindset and like that's what you're so i don't know if you feel that too but like i'm i'm, I'm getting fired up just thinking about it <laughs> I, i'm hoping so and i'm i'm not giving up anytime soon uh i definitely have a comeback coming um if it takes two years, if it takes six months, uh, if it's at these trials or not, I, I'm not giving up anytime soon. Um, love I love the sport. I love racing. Um, but there's just the stuff everyone goes through that they got to work through. Yeah, man. And that's the most important thing that you just said, that you're loving the sport and you're continuing to give your best. Like if you love what you're doing and you're giving your best, like you're going to be happy with the results no matter where you end up. Uh, and it's going to be inspiring and it's going to pay off whether now, like you said, or six months from now or two years from now, it's going to pay off. Um, but, uh, man, we got, uh, the entire swim strong nation rooting for you for sure. We have, uh, so everybody in this program, it's just awesome to be a part of a community where everybody wants to see each other be successful. And, um, but it's not just that people are rooting for you to want to see you want to crush it. You root for everybody else. Like people love you. <laughs> like people absolutely love you because you give so much back and bring so much to other people's lives. Um, I have my monkey bucket award. Yes. I right next to me every day. Yeah. Trying to aspire to be that same person. That's explain that for a second for people who have no idea what the monkey bucket award oh, is. Yeah. So the monkey bucket award was from swim strong Drens, our elite camp. And it, I believe was for the loudest, um, most hyped athlete. We did one for both men and women. Um, but yeah, Katie Lawrence won for girls. I won for guys. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very excited that I did win. I wasn't totally expecting it. Um, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad people recognize that uh, I love cheering. I love watching fast swimming. I tell my kids that I coach, I, I don't like slow swimming. I enjoy watching <laughs> good quality swimming. Um, and that's what we're here for. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that that award is so fun because it's uh, it's super meaningful. And the uh, gift that Porter always puts together or has put together in the past is fu- uh, funny. But um but yeah it's for someone who brings crazy energy and um inspires everybody else and so 
to be picked to be named that in a group of 64 elite athletes yeah. from around the country who honestly are all just incredible like that it's one of the I mean, this past one we have was one of the most incredible weeks of my life, too, personally inspiring for me just as much as for you guys. And uh, um, so to be selected for that, like that says something. And um, so it's uh, it always goes both ways. And I think there's a lot of joy in bringing other people joy, too. And maybe um, do you feel like you brought that into your coaching? Like do you, uh, the kids that you get to coach now? Um is it something that you have a lot of fun with like seeing their journey and the steps that they make? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, by far the most important thing for any parents watching or young swimmers, uh, enjoying this sport. If you don't love it, you're not going to continue doing it. And so I have parents who do put a lot of pressure on their kids and I can tell that their kids are going to get, um, might not enjoy the sport later on in their career, but loving what you're doing, um, is the most important part about swimming. And I try and tell my kids that and get them to feel the same way. Um, That's awesome. Trying other sports. Uh, two of my best ones play basketball on the other side. Um, Layla Vizak is in my group, which is by far one of the coolest things ever. And she, I think she only comes to three practices, four practices a week. Mm -hmm. But it's because she's doing soccer on the side. And her dad, Jason Lezak, doesn't push her too hard. Um, and I think she loves swimming and she's going to do it for the rest of her life. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. So even getting that advice too, hearing that I think is very impactful for any parents listening, but also uh, coming from a parent who was an Olympian who had, in my opinion, the greatest swim of all time. Uh, yes. <laughs> By far. Really, oh my gosh. I get the, goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, it pops up on my for you page twice a week. <laughs> The most amazing swim ever. Oh, awesome. And so someone who's was in that spot in the biggest stage possibly in the history of the world and had the biggest swim in history, in my opinion, um, to help Phelps get, you know, uh, his eight gold medals at that Olympics. Um, he, as a parent, has his daughter doing another sport yeah. and isn't like forcing. So like, take note, guys. <laughs> Definitely take yeah. note to what Matt's I, saying. <laughs> he has asked because Layla didn't want to stress about moving up in groups. He's asked that we hold her back from moving up to other groups because she wanted to stay with her friends. And I think that is one of the best things that a parent could do. That's I mean, awesome. Layla loves the sport. That's what, I, what we want to see from young kids. That's so see cool. them loving it. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Shout out to Jason for yeah. uh, being not only an incredibly inspiring athlete, but father as well. And uh, so that's, that's super cool. Um, well, Matt, I can't thank you enough for your time on here yeah, for everything, uh, that you do. We're all, uh, super blessed to have you a part of the swim strong family. And, uh, we will all be going crazy for you for the entirety of your swim journey. And, uh, even after I have no, <clears throat> no doubt that we'll be, uh, continue to stay, um, in close contact, but thanks for taking the time and for, um, just being who you are, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Anytime. I've enjoyed it. It's always great talking to you, Eric. Thank you for listening to the Swim Strong Dryland podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swim Strong Dryland family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swim Strong Dryland on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content.